Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Hi, I'm Chelsea Clinton, and this season on In Fact, we're celebrating Women's History Month. I'll be talking with trailblazing women at the top of their fields about their personal journeys, the progress we've made, and how far we still have to go. Today, we're talking about health, individual patient and public health, with Admiral Rachel Levine, the Assistant Secretary for Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the head of the U.S. Public Health Service Commissioned Corps. There's a long history of women accomplishing amazing and important things in medicine and public health. Some are well-known, many less so. Florence Nightingale is considered the founder of modern nursing, helped improve hygiene in hospitals, and was a data visualization pioneer. Clara Barton founded the American chapter of the Red Cross. Virginia Alexander, born in 1899 and the child of enslaved people, studied racism in the healthcare system. Virginia Apgar developed the Apgar test, which is still used today to assess the health of newborns. Matilda Krim was one of the first scientists to recognize that AIDS was a new disease with potentially catastrophic consequences. Mona Hanna-Attisha proved that lead was, in fact, in Flint's water and that elected officials had known, covered it up, and lied about the cover-up. And those are just a few. There are so, so many more, including my guest, Admiral Rachel Levine. 
Admiral Levine trained in pediatrics and adolescent medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City, and then moved to central Pennsylvania, where she became a professor of pediatrics and psychiatry at the Penn State College of Medicine. There, she started both the Adolescent Medicine Division and the Eating Disorders Program at the Penn State Hershey Medical Center. In 2015, she became Pennsylvania's Physician General, and in 2018, she was named Pennsylvania's Secretary of Health. In both state-level roles, she directed significant attention and resources to combating the opioid epidemic. And when she became the U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health in 2021, she became the first openly transgender federal official confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Admiral Bean, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. I'm incredibly grateful for your time today. And I thought we could start with talking about the pandemic. I know that in your service first in Pennsylvania and now on behalf of the United States, the pandemic has been not the only focus of your work, but certainly a main focus of your work. And so I think we have to start with just asking you to reflect on where you think we are and what are your current priorities. Well, thank you very much for that question. Clearly, the COVID-19 pandemic has been the biggest public health challenge that we have faced in our nation and globally in over 100 years. And everyone has felt the impact. All families, adults, children, businesses, hospitals, medical providers, public health providers. I think that we are doing much better in regards to the pandemic now. We have seen a number of different, very challenging variants, but the Omicron variant, which was very contagious, the numbers are going down, the number of new cases is going down in the United States and in most areas globally. The number of hospitalizations is going down and slowly the number of deaths are going down. And so with the extremely effective and safe and important vaccinations and the tremendous work of all of our heroes on the front line, their medical professionals, we are making significant progress. But we can't let our guard down and we have to remain very vigilant about increases in the future and especially increases that could be due to perhaps another variant in the future. So We're going to make sure that we're prepared. Admiral Levine, I am lucky enough to be able to see you, but for people who can't, you're wearing this beautiful uniform of an admiral, and you are the commander of the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps. And I bet a lot of people listening to us and a lot of just Americans broadly may not know what the Public Health Service Commission Corps is or does or what your responsibilities leading it are. Could you talk a little bit about the core and what you do with it and as its leader? Well, thank you so much. I am really so honored to be the leader of the Public Health Service Commission Corps. It is housed within the United States Department of Health and Human Services, and it is led by the Assistant Secretary for Health, which is my Physician and the United States Surgeon General. The United States Public Health Service Commission Corps is one of the eight uniformed services. So there are six military services, armed services, but then there's also NOAA and there's us. And we are, of course, the only one that is dedicated solely to protecting, promoting, and advancing America's public health. It provides an opportunity for really very dedicated healthcare and public health professionals to work in 
diverse assignments to work in underserved and vulnerable communities. So that is one of the things that we do. We have core officers that work for the Indian Health Service, and we have core officers that work in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. We also have core officers really in many of the different divisions of our department and across the government. So we have core officers that are detailed to the CDC, the FDA, and NIH doing research, etc. They might be detail to state or local public health departments. And also, we also respond to public health emergencies in the United States and globally. And we have been detailed and deployed like never before during the COVID-19 pandemic with thousands of missions that our core offices have done, as well as serving to help with unaccompanied minors at the United States border on Operation Allies Welcome with Afghanistan refugees, and then to serve if there's a hurricane or a flood throughout the United States. So it is just truly an honor to be in this role and to lead such dedicated, expert public health and medical professionals. What was your journey into medicine and into pediatrics? When you were a little kid, did you always want to be a doctor? Were you one of those kids that like ran around with a stethoscope around your neck? And once you decided you wanted to be a doctor, did you know you wanted to be a pediatrician? Well, I really, really loved biology in high school and then wanted to study medicine. And in medical school, I fell in love with pediatrics. I really found that my compassion, my love of medicine was serving children and teenagers and their families. And so I did my training in pediatrics and then in adolescent medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City. I bet a lot of people don't realize that increasingly there really is a focus on adolescent medicine as a subspecialty and all of the various challenges that adolescents and teenagers really confront. I wonder if you could just share kind of what youth health issues, youth mental health issues, you know, are you most concerned about? And what now are you doing in your current position to help address those? You are correct. So adolescent medicine in the 80s, when I was graduating from medical school and doing my training, was a rather new field. What particularly drew me to that field was the opportunity to work with that intersection of physical health and mental health, because many of the challenges that teenagers have really live at that intersection. So I had the opportunity at Penn State and the Penn State Hershey Medical Center to start the adolescent medicine program. And I started a program for children, teens, and young adults with eating disorders. So we're talking about those with anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and also binge eating disorder. In my time as the physician general and then the secretary of health of Pennsylvania, I brought that interest in that intersection to dealing with substance abuse and the overdose and opioid crisis and worked intensively on that in Pennsylvania and still work on that now. We are really seeing a crisis in terms of mental health issues for children and teenagers now, which has been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. We are seeing so many teens with issues such as depression, anxiety, but also an increase in young people, even from when I was in practice with eating disorders. And I think that is really one of the challenges that as we work through the COVID-19 pandemic, we have to concentrate on. And President Biden said that in his State of the Union address. And Secretary Becerra of HHS has emphasized that. And we are working on that across the divisions 
at Health and Human Services now. And we want to make sure that we work on workforce development for behavioral health, that we continue that integration of physical health and behavioral health, and we expand the treatments available for children, adolescents, and their families. What advice would you have to any parent who's listening to this and who's really worried about their little kids or their teenagers who think that maybe their children are confronting, dealing with anxiety, depression, or other mental health challenges? And as parents, they may feel like they don't know how best to help their kids. What advice would you give to parents? Well, I would take it very seriously. So I would certainly take the opportunity to speak with their child or teenager and explore what the issues are that might be influencing their mood or their anxiety, whether it is the changes due to the COVID-19 pandemic or other social or personal issues that they might have. I think that their pediatrician or family physician would be a good place to start about their concerns. And then there might be a referral made for an evaluation and perhaps some counseling. The school guidance counselor might also be a good place to start if they feel comfortable doing that. But I think that parents have a really good gut feeling about their children and their teenagers. And if they feel something's wrong, they should listen to those instincts and explore it and make sure that their child or teenager gets the help that they need. And there's no shame in asking for help. That is something that we are trying to emphasize over and over again, is that we want to get past that stigma associated with mental health issues and associated with seeking help, either for oneself or one's family. Your mind and your body are connected. And there are so many issues that are mind and body related. And so There is no shame. There is no stigma. And that is one of our priorities at HHS is to work past that stigma and to make sure that people can get the help that they need for themselves and their families. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. I want to now move to a different challenge that certainly has troubled me immensely, which is the ongoing effort to restrict abortion care access for women, to sometimes remove abortion care access for women and for pregnant people around the country, and the commensurate assault on women's rights fundamentally. What do you make of this trend from your position in government, but also just your position as a physician? Well, the Biden-Harris administration and our Secretary Becerra and myself in our office, we are certainly fully supportive of all reproductive rights for women. And the current state laws and the pending Supreme Court case, we'll see what the result of that is. But certainly there are threats to reproductive freedom and rights for women in the United States and globally. The role that I can play, particularly in my office, is to make sure that we expand all options within our Title X program. And could you explain what that is for people who don't know what Title X is? So our Title X program has been around for decades now, and that supports contraceptive and reproductive rights care for men and women, for teenagers and indigent individuals. So there are Title X funded clinics throughout the country that fund evaluations, testing and treatment for sexually transmitted infections, screening for reproductive cancers as well as the prescription of appropriate contraception to men and women throughout the nation. One of the public health victories of the last 35 years or more is the significant and continuous decreasing rate of unintended pregnancies in the United States and the decreasing rate of adolescent pregnancies in the United States. That is due to comprehensive sex education and comprehensive access to these reproductive options and contraceptive options through Title X and other programs. So the Teenage Pregnancy Prevention Program is in my portfolio, as well as that Title X program. Now, I've known about Title X since my training, because I worked in a Title X clinic in the 80s at Mount Sinai in New York City. And then in 1996, I actually started a Title X clinic at Penn State College of Medicine. So the opportunity to lead that program is just a privilege. That program was significantly impacted by the previous administration, which limited its size and scope. And so we are literally building it back better, as the president says, where we are expanding again the Title X program. We're increasing it. And this is going to be an integral program as we face these reproductive rights challenges. I was a public school kid in Arkansas in the 80s and 90s, and I had age-appropriate sex education. And I remember in my junior high school, Admiral, there were 
I mean, you had to go to the school nurse, but there were like free contraceptives available for kids. And it is challenging for me to recognize that we've lost ground, that if I were a kid in those same schools today, I may not have the same high quality, age appropriate, but science-informed sexual and reproductive health education and the same access to protection. What do you make of the reaction against and the reversal of sexual and reproductive health education for kids in so many parts of the country? Well, you're correct. In many parts of the country, we have lost ground. In other parts of the country, we continue to make progress. But I think it's an enormous challenge from a public health perspective. This should not be a political issue. No. This is a public health and medical issue. And teenagers and young adults, they need access to the correct information about their reproduction. And they need access to contraception and sexually transmitted infection prevention, such as condoms. And from a public health perspective, we had made progress. Progress, and we want to continue to make progress on all of these fronts. This is just basic public health and good medical care for teens and young adults. Something else that is basic good public health and good medical care for teens and young adults is enabling pediatricians and adolescent medicine doctors to provide health care to trans youth. And it also has been deeply disturbing to see, notably in Texas, but not only in Texas, efforts from the state government to intervene in the ability of pediatricians and adolescent care providers and child services to be able to support trans youth and their families. What can you or the federal government do to try to help protect the safety and the health and the well-being of trans kids? Transgender youth are at risk. They are vulnerable. They are at risk of bullying and harassment and discrimination. And to limit their access to evidence-based standard of care medical treatment, gender affirmation treatment is unconscionable, and it's being done for political purposes. And again, these should not be political issues. They should be medical issues, public health issues. These should be issues that young people talk to with their parents and their doctors, and that is how their care is decided many places around the country, that care is provided by our expert children's hospitals. So I'm going to think about Pennsylvania, where I have been for many years. And so the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, associated with the University of Pennsylvania, has a great gender clinic for transgender and gender diverse youth. The Penn State Children's Hospital, where I was, has a clinic. The University of Pittsburgh Medical Center Children's Hospital has a great medical clinic. In Pennsylvania, the Children's National Medical Center has a clinic, Boston Children's Hospital, UCLA Children's Hospital. I mean, these are not fly-by-night places. These are expert children's hospitals with outstanding medical and behavioral health professionals, and they are following very established standards of care, international and national standards of care for the evaluation and treatment of trans youth and gender-diverse youth. And the idea that this is being impacted for political purposes is terrible. So this is something that we are going to continue to work on across the Department of Health and Human Services under the president's and the secretary's leadership. So I am going to advocate to protect these vulnerable trans youth. We're going to work on policies that protect these vulnerable trans youth and their families. The Office of Civil Rights has interpreted Section 1557 of the Affordable Care Act that you cannot discriminate on the basis of sex, and that includes sexual orientation and gender 
identity. So that includes having access to gender affirmation treatment. And so we do encourage children and teens and families and medical professionals who feel that they are being discriminated against to contact the Office of Civil Rights at HHS. In addition, the Department of Justice is looking at these to see what they can do, the Department of Education as well. So we will do everything we possibly can at the federal level to try to protect trans youth and their families. As a parent, it just makes me so angry. It makes me so angry, Admiral, that the Texas state government apparatus is so willing to play politics with kids' lives. Just, it makes me really angry. That's exactly right. I mean, what is happening in Texas is that the governor and the attorney general have instructed the child protective services in Texas to start investigating parents who are having their children receive gender affirmation treatment by qualified medical and behavioral health specialists. So there's a lot of tremendous and important work that child protective services have to do to investigate and protect children from child abuse. And to direct them towards these vulnerable children and families, again, is wrong and it's egregious. And it's traumatizing to kids and to parents. And certainly, again, it is so heartening to hear all that the Biden administration is doing across not only your department, HHS, but also the Department of Education and the Justice Department. It is simultaneously infuriating that federal government resources now have to be purposed to help protect children because of the kind of political malfeasance of the governor and the attorney general. I guess another question, though, too, Admiral, is for parents or for kids who want to know what you are doing. So not only what your job description is, but what you are doing on issues relating to trans youth or protecting LGBTQI plus youth or any issue. Where do they go? Do they go to your website? Like, how do people find out what you're doing to help protect their health or help protect public health? So they would go to the website at the Department of Health and Human Services, which outlines my position as the Assistant Secretary for Health and an Admiral in the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps. And we also are active on social media, particularly on Twitter. So if you follow our Twitter handle, then, you know, we are commenting daily on these public health issues of the day. That includes COVID, that includes mental health and overdose prevention, that includes health equity, that includes a, a new office under my portfolio for climate change and health equity, because climate change is happening right now. We are seeing the health impacts of climate change now. It's not some distant time in the future. So we're working very intensively on that. That would be available in our Twitter feed and many other different public health issues. We're taking a quick break. Stay with us. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Well, you have broken a number of ceilings. And since we're talking during Women's History Month, I do want to ask you about what it has been like to be such a ceiling breaker, multiple ceilings. You're the first woman to be the head of the U.S. Public Health Services Commission's Corps, the first ever female four-star admiral to lead the organization. I find that so fun to say, I admit. You're also the first openly transgender four-star officer in the history of the nation's eight uniform services and one of the few openly transgender government officials at the federal level in the United States and the first to hold an office that required a Senate confirmation. Are you aware of being so many firsts? How does that feel? Or are they achievements that you kind of unlocked and then you just gone on about your job? All of the above. So I certainly do recognize the importance of being able to achieve these positions. And it is truly an honor and a privilege. You know, I have always felt very good about my career in medicine and public health because it allows me to help people. So in academic medicine at Mount Sinai and Penn State to help children and teenagers and their families, to teach students how to do that, to do clinical research, to run programs about how to help people. And then in public health, this has allowed me in Pennsylvania and now in the United States from a national perspective to do this with this public health brush, to do it from a public health perspective. And I am just so honored for the impact that I can make, but also, and I understand the historic nature of what it symbolizes for the LGBTQI plus community and particularly for youth. Now, I stand on the shoulders of many LGBTQI plus individuals, trans individuals who came before me, some of whom are known, some of whom are not known and had to sort of live and work in the darkness. So what I want to do is hope that my appointment into these positions is the first of many to come as we create a more diverse future, a more inclusive future. Diversity always makes us stronger. The diversity in all of its myriad and wonderful aspects in the United States really makes us all stronger. And so 
It is just an honor to take the uniform for the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps and to serve. At the same time, I'm just really busy on public health. So whether it is COVID-19, whether it is mental health and overdoses, whether it is health equity, climate change, the Title X program we talked about, ending the HIV epidemic, nutrition programs, the blood supply there are so many different priorities that we have for this office and at HHS that keeps me very busy. And that's just great because I get to help more people. We spoke about you being the first and clearly your hope that you won't be the only. What do you think we need to do to ensure that there are second, thirds, and then we lose track in the best sense? Well, that's the goal is that, and Vice President Harris said that she's the first, but she won't be the last. And I am firmly convinced that I will not be the last. And hopefully, eventually, I won't have to be known as the transgender United States Assistant Secretary for Health, that it doesn't have to define who I am. I think that's going to take time as we continue to work on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think those three signposts, those three guardrails need to be continually emphasized and continually protected. And I feel very confident that that is what the Biden-Harris administration is going to continue to work on in public health and HHS and really across the administration. So since we are talking during Women's History Month, as a woman in medicine and public health, where do you think we are in terms of representation for women in public health and medicine? And what more do you think we need to do to ensure there's full equity and inclusion for women across public health and medicine? Well, we have made so much progress in the last 50, 60 years. 50, 60 years ago, it would have been rather unusual for a woman to be in a college of medicine. When I was in medical school, I don't know precisely, but probably maybe a quarter of the class was female. And now in any medical school across the country, any law school, any graduate school, at least 50% of the class is female. I think that we have made a lot of progress in that regard. There are still, however, challenges for women in some fields of academic medicine and in some fields of medicine. So there's still more work to do. We need more women in surgical specialties. We need more women in academic medicine, more women chairs of departments, more women deans, more women in charge of public health agencies. So we have made progress, but we have more work to do. And just a final question that we're asking everyone this season, again, since we're here during Women's History Month, is there, and you may have just answered this, one statistic or fact about women in public health that either particularly inspires you or maybe enrages you, but then that rage gives you inspiration? Well, I'm going to switch gears a bit for the statistic and talk about teens with eating disorders, because again, that was my field for decades. So as we had said, we have seen a significant increase in the amount of young people with eating disorders. And across all genders. And across all genders. It's not just young women. We see young men with eating disorders. We see children with eating disorders. We see eating disorders in LGBTQI plus youth. In fact, we see a lot in LGBTQI plus youth. We see eating disorders in all ethnic groups and all socioeconomic groups. So you cannot assume that a young person who starts to have symptoms, that couldn't be an eating disorder because of any of those characteristics. We see eating disorders in adults as well, which can be very serious. So the risk of eating disorders is really in all age groups and all genders. And so that is why it is so important to have access to quality evidence-based standard of care. So the statistic, two statistics, one is a 70% increase in the number of calls to eating disorder hotlines. 
But the promising statistic that people don't realize is that around 80 to 85% of teenagers with anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa will completely recover. So people tend to have said that eating disorders are a chronic illness and you never recover from that. And that is simply not true. And so the vast majority of teenagers with serious eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia can completely recover. That does take time and it takes multidisciplinary treatment with medical and psychological and psychiatric professionals and nutritional professionals. But actually, the outcomes are very, very good with expert care. Admiral Levine, thank you so much for working so hard to ensure that every child and every adolescent across our country does have access to the highest quality standard of care rooted in public health and evidence and in science and not in politics. I am very proud that you are our first woman head of the U.S. Public Health Service Commission to CORE and very grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to be here. To learn more about any of the health initiatives mentioned by Admiral Levine, you can follow her on Twitter at HHS underscore ASH or go to HHS.gov. And if you're looking for resources to support transgender and non-binary youth and how you can help, the Trevor Project, the ACLU, and Lambda Legal are a few great places to start. In Fact is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We are produced by a mighty group of women and one amazing man. Erica Goodmanson, Mart Har, Sarah Horowitz, Jessamyn Molly, and Justin Wright. With help from Lindsay Hoffman, Barry Lurie, Joyce Kubin, Julie Subrin, Mike Taylor, and Emily Young. Original music is by Justin Wright. If you like this episode of In Fact, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your family and friends to do the same. If you really want to help us out, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? 
but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.